0: The Four O'Clock Football Frenzy.
1: Why are hey, you hit me so hot down there?
0: Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The Four O'Clock Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, every day at four o'clock,
2: we've been counting down 32-1. Thirty-two to one. We've been counting things down around the National Football League at this time of day, and uh, number twenty-two on our countdown are the Miami Dolphins, a future opponent of the Raiders. Last year's game. Let's not bring it up. Let's not bring it up. Uh, Travis Wingfield covers the Dolphins. Drivetime Pod, Miami Travis, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for
3: bringing me on tonight.
2: Yeah, you uh, you chuckling? Last year, that's uh. You know, that's the kind of game that, that changes the the fortune of a franchise. I mean, uh, the Raiders, they get that win. They have a chance at the playoffs. They lose it. The season falls apart. And now people are looking at the first three years for John Gruden saying, what the hell's going on here?
3: Yeah, the, the end of that game was, was definitely emotional for many reasons. For me, up in the press box trying to write that game, having <laughs> to rewrite the story about five different times, that was the most stressful part to me. <laughs> I had to cut the entire document about five times. So it was it was a good outcome, but it took a while to get there.
2: Well, you know, like I said, it it, it, uh, it affected the season the rest of the way. And the other thing is I think that was the final straw with the defense where they had to make a yeah. change. So the Raiders have now moved on to Gus Bradley, who's an experienced guy who's run some pretty good defenses, and they're hoping for a much better defense. So let's talk Dolphins. First of all, heading to the uh, the first preseason game, what's the biggest narrative for you on the Dolphins side going into the game against the Bears? I
3: think it's pretty easy to start the quarterback position. I mean, this this defense and special teams last year showed they were ready to – to take that step not just to be a, a competitor of the division but you know at the top of the league and so if this offense can get to any level imaginable close with a defense and special teams were a year ago then they can be a uh, you know a team that can compete late into January And we'll see if you know if that happens at the quarterback position with Tua Tonga Bailoa now in year number two you know it recently came out that you know Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of said they were surprised by the decision to go to the rookie last season and Now I think you have an offense that's more catered to what his strengths are as a passer and as a player. So I think that's the biggest storyline for this Dolphins club heading into the season.
2: So we're seeing a ton of teams say, yeah, you know what, the starting quarterback's not playing. Now, Tua obviously is not as accomplished as some of the big-name guys, but even like Justin Herbert is not expected to play much or at all for the Chargers. How much action does Tua get in this first game?
3: They're kind of keeping that close to the vest right now, but they did announce he would in fact play in the game on Saturday, but... Um, you know, like you mentioned, it seems like the, a lot of the reps that people are getting in training camp and in these joint practices especially seem to really kind of gear towards just getting those reps in and, and taking it easy in the game, but you can't control the situations of those games where you can more so control the the environment of the practice. So I would say, I, I, would, I would project probably a couple series for Tua on Saturday night.
2: All right. Uh, it, it, th- when he was in there, things looked conservative, especially as compared to Fitzpatrick. Was that... Tua was still working through an injury. Was that him, not you know, unleashing it? Uh, was that the offense they ran? It was different than they ran with Fitz. Uh, what was the deal last year with Tua and you know looking more conservative?
3: Yeah, I think it's actually kind of a common misconception because the Dolphins actually average more yards of depth target with Tua at quarterback <laughs> than they did with Fitzpatrick yeah. last year. But right. but at the same time, like you mentioned, you know that that offense was. I think more tailored towards the strength of, of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I, I don't think it changed a whole lot when Tua came into the game. And, you know, he was a quarterback at Alabama that really excelled with the RPO game and getting outside on bootlegs and moving around a little bit. And, and uh, I just think the offense was a little bit more catered to what the, the veteran wanted in, in the offense last year, more so than the young guys. So I think that, that might've been kind of a contributing factor to that.
2: what do you think of the Dolphins draft? This was quite a haul.
3: Yeah, it was impressive, wasn't it? To go up and down the draft board and that's, that's kind of been the mo for Chris Greer since since Brian Flores arrived, and they kind of collaborated on this whole thing was to gain draft capital and, and be flexible on the draft board. And I think to get Jalen Waddle in that spot, he's been so impressive during training camp. He's he's been tough for guys to cover, and he can he can do a lot of things from a lot of different positions as well. So I think he leads off with a you know, giving the offense a real, true dynamic threat in terms of of, of big time playmaking and, and scoring the football from from far away, and then. You talk about Jalen Phillips, he's back at practice after missing a couple of weeks with some injuries, and he's back out there causing problems off the edge. And then the rookie, Javon Holland, too, he's been a prominent fixture in that back end. He had four takeaways in the last four practices, and two of those with the Chicago Bears. So he's been dynamic as well. I think you're you're pretty excited about this draft, guys, if you're a Dolphins fan.
2: Does he beat out McCourty?
3: It, they, they've been kind of splitting first-team reps so far in training camp. McCourty's first on the depth chart right now, but I think... Ideally, if it goes the way you want it to, I think the rookie probably does take that job.
2: Uh, you mentioned Phillips in the injuries. There's been injury issues with uh, Eichenberg and uh, the tight end they drafted too, right? Yes,
3: Hunter Long went down in the injury last week, and they've also that, that's another part of the, the passing offense that's been so impressive so far in training camp because they've been clicking with a bunch of explosive plays, and they've done it without Will Fuller for except for all all but day one of training camp. Devontae Parker's been up and down; only played a few practices out there as well. And then Albert Wilson has been out for the last couple of days as well, and he kind of exploded onto the scene at the start of training camp. So a lot of these weapons are going to be a tough choice in that receiver room, but I think that, uh, that the passing offense has been clicking without a lot of those top guys.
2: Talking Dolphins, we have them number 22. Uh, just by the sound of that, does that sound too low to you, that we have not ranked number 22 in the entire NFL? Should they be a lot higher? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I do think it was. I think it's pretty low. I would, I would have them a solid chunk higher than that if it's up to me. <laughs>
2: We have, uh, you know, we all voted on, we have a couple of guys on the show who just do not believe in Tua. And that, that's the biggest issue that they, they what they saw last year, they, you know, they think Tua is not even, you know, not the guy of the future. I agree with you. I think they're going to be better. I, I think Tua is going to be an outstanding quarterback, but there are a lot of doubters out there. Now, the crazy thing going into this game is the vibe that's coming out of the Bears camp with Justin Fields. Are you reading some of the stuff about Fields versus Dalton?
3: Yeah, it's been, it's been fun to watch him practice the last couple of days. In fact, he had a, a red zone period at the end of the practice on Thursday where he just was throwing touchdown after touchdown against, albeit the number two defense, but still impressive to see him put the ball on the end zone. I, to me, he was the most impressive quarterback at Bears Camp, but it seems like Matt Nagy steadfast on going with uh, Dalton, the veteran, there for at least the first game. But we know how this usually goes, right? The rookie starts on the bench, and then it takes three, maybe four games for him to get back out there. So we'll see what happens, but I would go field personally.
2: Uh, Raiders fans are always looking at this because they still don't know what the hell happened. What's going on with Lynn Bowden?
3: Yeah, the, the, the competition in that receiver room, I think, has just kind of not, not overwhelmed him, but made his name not pop as much as maybe he did last year because there's just been so many guys making so many plays, and um, he's, he's definitely made a few of his own too in training camp. But it's it's just been guy after guy. Whether it's he, newcomer Robert Foster, last year's practice squad uh, player Kirk Merritt, just so many guys that are showing up making plays and. Bowden has his work cut out for him in that receiver's room because there's tons of guys that could probably take snaps this year, whether it's with Miami or somebody else after the cutdown day.
2: Let's look at some of the uh, betting numbers because uh, it's Vegas, so we like to bet. By the way, what's? I, I, it's funny. I asked someone in Jacksonville, and they, they really didn't have an answer, so I'm not, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. What is the latest with sports gambling around Florida?
3: I honestly have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not something that NFL employees can can dabble in, so I don't even that's a good point it.
2: that's a good point I forgot your Miami <laughs> it is, this is funny though the uh, the books are backing the NFL so much and then you guys are put in this weird position where you can't talk about it so maybe that's gonna change because it's gonna be a focus of fans my friend you know that because it's getting bigger and bigger um, well let, let's uh let's look at at some of the numbers and I hope I don't get you in trouble what what do you think of a nine win total for wins
3: yeah, that seems like a pretty fair fair area I know the you know, the last couple of years, the Dolphins under Brian Flores have won, gone overboard in terms of that win total. So I think that they focus a lot on the on the small details of find ways to win close games. I think it's a big important factor that maybe gets overlooked a little bit. But nine wins feels feels like a safe bet.
2: All right. Uh, what do you think the uh, travel contingent's going to be for the Dolphins uh, fans? Uh, this Vegas is going to be a super popular place to come to. I just don't know uh, how well the Dolphin fans travel.
3: Yeah, I mean they're they're playing at full stadiums this year, right? And the Dolphins' nation, it's, it's that Marino effect from the '80s. He's got fans all over the country because of Dan Marino. They just they show up in droves. They're a great fan base and they support this team. So I think anytime the Dolphins go on the road, you're going to see lots of Aqua
2: on the stands. Travis, where are you from originally? I'm from the Northwest, actually, the Seattle area. Yeah, I saw that that you went to Washington State. How'd you wind up in Miami? Yeah.
3: I uh, actually grew up a Dolphins fan. I just talked about the guys that, that, that oh, well, followed nightmare. Dan Marino. I was a, a child at the end of his career that was pretty impressionable. And the the <laughs> bright aqua-orange colors didn't hurt either, so Marino and, and the colors really brought me in.
2: It is guys like you that are my arch enemy because uh, I am a New York Jet fan. Uh, I grew up in the <laughs> New Jersey, New York area, and I latched on to the Jets, and like you said, all around me, there were plenty of Dolphins fans uh, who were like, Jets suck, man. I like this Marino guy, so we're going to go with that. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. I think it's one of the uh, sort of the under-the-radar thing around the National Football League. Like we know, Cowboys fans are everywhere around the country. There are a ton of freaking Dolphin fans. And you're right, in Vegas they're here, and I guarantee there's uh, – I remember going to a Chargers-Dolphins game a while back when they were still a Qualcomm. and I could not believe how many Dolphin fans were in Southern California.
3: Yeah, they're everywhere. You mentioned being in the New Jersey area, the the MetLife takeover every year. I mean,
2: oh. I've
3: I've heard let's go Dolphins chant at the end of games and the Dolphins win those games. So it's yeah, they, they travel oh. well. It's
2: one of my one of, one of my worst stories ever. I was actually at a sports bar in Central New Jersey for the fake spike game, and <laughs> uh, there was a Dolphins fan uh, fan in there. It was obnoxious the whole game. Uh, fake spike executed, Jets lose. I remember kicking a chair out to the floor. I just stormed out of the sports bar. I walk across the street to where my car is parked, and I had a flat tire. Oh, no. That seems to like, be how it goes. That's the Jet fandom life right <laughs> yeah. there. It's unbelievable. All right, well, uh, I hope you get to travel out here again for the game. That'll be cool, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to see you. And We appreciate a couple minutes previewing the Dolphins. Thank you. Yeah, love to see it. Thanks for having me on, guys. There he is. Travis Wingfield, drive Time Pod. Also, you can find us up on uh, MiamiDolphins.com. All right, lesson learned. Lesson learned. NFL employees not always keen on uh, talking about betting. But, yeah, the betting numbers on this, uh, over-under for the Dolphins of nine wins. I think that's a solid number. I usually have a take uh, over-under, but that one I think they're probably right on it. Uh, AFC East odds. Buffalo's favored to win the AFC East, minus 180. Dolphins are plus 375. patcher plus are plus 375. Shocker, Jets are 20-1. to one. And right now, if you think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs, you can actually get plus 120. The no is minus 140. Justin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the four o'clock football frenzy. Dial
0: 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. He's
2: a polished pro, number one. He's experienced in this system, number two got a lot of history with the coaching staff number three, so he can translate information in his own way in a very unique way. He's a guy guys have to follow. You know, to have a guy in there that's been on a great defense that knows the inner, inner workings of, of, of all the things that, that are going to happen, it's a huge asset for us. I said it earlier, it's much like Eric Allen did for Charles Woodson back in the day. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio, studio, studio. studio. Here you go, John Gruden talking about the role of Casey Hayward, which is more than just a, a teacher to Damon Arnett. This is not some old vet coming in and just giving the kid life lessons. He's competing with him for playing time, and I think right now Hayward's ahead of Arnett. Hey, no one knows more about this stuff than Mark McMillan, who played in the NFL for uh, you know seven, eight years with a bunch of different teams, the Eagles, and of course he knows Eric Allen really well, so he knows about the the handoff and the teaching at that position. Mark, what's up, buddy? <laughs>
4: Uh, I'm doing good, man. I thought that was really good take what uh, John did. I, I was like, man, he really dropped Eric Allen's name in there with Charles Winston. So that was that was that was really good, man, because EA was definitely the, the mentor that secondary, and I've been talking about that uh, of late. About somebody needs to step up and be that leader on the Raiders' defensive side of the ball. So we're it's pretty interesting to see who's going to be that guy. So
2: what does that mean to be a mentor at cornerback?
4: I would say just, just following everything he does. Um, you know, when I sat next to Eric, I used to sit in the back, and all of a sudden I just saw him making so many plays, and it looked so easy. And, you know, obviously I just had to just soak it up and just start sitting next to him in the film room. And he always had a notebook. And I was always wondering, like, why is he always have a notebook? He's always writing in it in the film session. And he was writing down pretty much every route that they, that the opponent ran against him during the film session. So he'll study that playbook. Uh, his, his notebook during the week and that's how he was able to be so successful so he was always a step ahead of the game and i kind of you know just took that uh and ran with it and started taking notes and and start studying receivers a little bit more and, and and my game just started to pick up as well
2: yeah did you feel like you had to do that especially at your size that you needed every extra advantage
4: um i needed everything and you know if if you know uh being 57 you know 145 i didn't have any advantage besides you know talking trash i probably could talk trash with the best of them (laughs) but uh when it came down to uh you know x's and o's um you know people saw it as a disadvantage but i didn't see it as a disadvantage at all but you know it definitely helped me get that extra edge uh to help my game uh get better
2: yeah i like what the raiders have done here because i think casey abert can still play i think eventually arnett has got to take the position at some point this season or next and arnett's story is really interesting Mark, he really never got a fair shot last year because of injuries and then he ran into COVID and then he was talking the other day right. and he was up there flexing. He's like, yeah, I'm strong again. He got down right. to like 173 pounds and, you know, he, he's not 5'7". He's he's a lot bigger guy and he wants to play physical and he was just beat to hell last year.
4: Yeah, it, it was a tough year for a lot of those guys, uh, even Abram. You know, uh, he, he was hurt. Like He's been hurt every year uh, since he's been here with the Raiders. And uh, so hopefully these guys can get healthy. Uh, Whenever you lose that kind of weight, you're battling COVID. You know, it's it's a lot of mental uh, that plays with your mind as well. You know, this game happens so fast, and you always got to be sharp on your toes. And if you're sitting there worrying about anything other than your assignment on the football field, uh, that definitely can affect your play.
2: So, is there a way to play smart that keeps you from getting injuries? Because he was talking about Damon Arnett was talking about this the other day that you know he was he was throwing himself recklessly into you know just about. Uh, every opportunity he had, is at some point in your career, do you do you kind of learn, hey, there are plays you can make and plays you can't to uh, sort of protect yourself from getting needless injuries?
4: Well, we we call those business decisions. Uh, you, <laughs> know, <laughs> you, yeah. you you got to make yourself a business decision. Like, oh, okay, when I'm young and, and energetic and trying to make the team, I'm going to just throw myself and do anything I can. But, you know, when you start being a veteran, you start to w- learn different ways of tackling guys, uh, you practice a little bit different, but nowadays it's like country club for these guys in practice. So I, There's no stress in practice. You know, the hard thing is, you know, trying to get these guys geared up for the physical contact during the game. So uh, you just got to be smart about it. Uh, you know, you see the running back position, especially in the NFL, it doesn't last long. And you see, you know, Jacobs already, you know, he's he's been hurt a lot. And, you know, I think this was year three, year four, so uh, somehow he's got to learn to get out or get out of bounds and stop taking those big-time hits.
2: Mark McGillan's with us, a former Eagle, uh, played all around the NFL, including with the Chiefs, and he's back with Cofield and company for the football season. I think there's a, a interesting story developing on the defensive line. Uh, Gerald McCoy, who missed last year, uh, was a dominant defensive tackle uh, from you know, 2010 to 2018. He's with the Raiders, and it already seems like he's taken a leadership role I, I wonder how much he has left in the tank. Did they just get a steal here and bring it in Gerald McCoy?
4: I think he's a good player, a good addition. Um, I could say he's a proven veteran. Um, you know, you play him in spots, and, uh, you know, you don't try to play him as an every-down player, but, you know, you use him, you know, in passing downs, uh, you know, to give these guys a break and, uh, you know, just come off the corner. So, you, you know, obviously with the new defensive package, I'm sure they're able to uh, utilize his skill set uh, to the best of his ability, you know, being an older guy. So, um, just seeing the guys and and hearing some of the the comments coming out of the uh, the training camp, I see the defense are making a lot of noise. Uh, guys are excited. Uh, defensive backs are getting interceptions, getting their hands on balls. Uh, it's been a long time since I heard that kind of news coming out of the Raiders secondary, and we know they've been struggling for a while. So seeing those guys being able to get that confidence and getting their hands on the ball, hopefully that can transfer over into the uh, to the season.
2: You know, there's a lot of developing stories on the defensive line for the Raiders uh, now that uh, Yannick Ngakwe is in the fold and, you know, Crosby yep. could be more of a full-time player, which means that now Cleef Earl, you know, a number four pick in the draft, is freaking fighting to stay with the ones. Yeah. I wonder what's going through his his head right now. And and you do you Can you remember a guy on defense? that like Maybe you played with over the years, and you know they were a first round pick, and by their third or fourth year, they were really scuffling. I, I just wonder what happens mentally because the expectations were so high, and all of a sudden you got to kind of reset your career.
4: Um. Yeah, it's real tough for that guy. And obviously, you know, he dominated when he was at Clemson, and you know everybody had high hopes of him. And then you look at the depth chart; he's second on the depth chart. You know, you're a top a first round pick, one of the best guys to come out of the country and you're fighting to get playing time. And, you know, it's gotta be tough mentally for that young man, uh, especially with all the hype that was brought around him. And, uh, you know, Crosby's going to get a, a little bit more action as well. As long as he stays healthy, I like the way he gets after the ball. You know, he's going to give you maximum effort, uh, you know, from Crosby, you're going to, you know, you're going to get maximum effort for that guy. Uh, but like I said, it, it's going to be tough for that young man to mentally get over that hump. Like, man, I'm, I was I was the guy back in college, but you know, like we always say, man, the NFL is a different beast. What you did in college, uh, a lot of times, don't transfer over to the National Football League, especially when you're those that top tier guy, because everybody's thinking you're going to come in right away and perform like you did in college, and that's 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 kind of unfair for these young men.
2: All right, let's talk about the Eagles a little bit. Uh, preseason game Woo-hoo! last night, they want they wound up losing a. Hurts got in a little bit it was it was like 10 plays but a lot of people came over from the game and they're like I heard Lewis Riddick talking today and he's like yeah, I think this guy has it I think he's ready for the next step I saw that he completed uh you know a couple of big passes to the tight end so early read so far on Jalen hurts
4: um like I said he' he showed some poise last year when uh you know Carson got benched and he came in and you know he struggled a little bit but as a rookie you know that's gonna happen but he just looked so poised in the pocket and he's always had that ex- Fresh and even at Alabama, uh, at Oklahoma, you never see him get too high. You never see him get too low with himself. Uh, having Zach as his security blank is going to help a lot. Uh, you know, the kid Quez last night, this kid is a one-play hitter-quitter. Uh, you know, he turned a screen pass into like an 80-yard touchdown, and he's been doing really good in training camp this this, uh, this year as well. So it's going to be tough for uh, you know those guys to, to beat that guy out. I, I expect him to be starting. Uh, obviously, you know you got Rager, who was drafted high out of TCU. Um, you got Smith out of Alabama, so they got a good young group of guys. But I, I like what I saw on the uh, the defensive side as well. The front four is always going to get after it. Uh, you know, we 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 trying to find that secondary, that guy. You know, Slay is supposed to be the guy, so we'll see who's going to be the leader on that side of the defense of all.
2: Uh, on the other side, and again, don't go crazy because it's preseason. The numbers don't matter that much. But Dwayne Haskins <laughs> trying to, you know, reinvigorate uh, his career. Went sixteen oh. to twenty two, one sixty one, uh, led four yeah. scoring drives. I, I wonder if there's a chance that Haskins is actually good enough and presses them enough to get the number two job, and they move on from uh, Mason Rudolph.
4: I, I don't. I don't know. I, it, I, we got to see if he's matured enough. Obviously, you know yeah. what he did in what and well, yeah. I guess you can say Washington. You know, you can't see hey, the old we, team, but you're on it. Everything you everything. Know, what he did was just, was just so immature. And, you know, obviously he's got to get in, in the playbook. Um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Vince Young. You know, the stuff that people are saying about Vince Young. He doesn't study. He doesn't take it seriously. And you see how his career just kind of took a back seat. And, you know, Haskins is fighting for his job. You know, he looked good yesterday against, you know, the third and fourth team team guys. You know, a lot of those guys aren't going to make the team. So, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he put up good numbers. I was like. Yeah, those guys are not even going to make the team. So you know, good for him uh, with the numbers he put up. But you know, obviously he's got to he's got to mature, man. He's got to freaking grow up.
2: Mark McMillan is with us. What's the latest with uh, Grilling McMillan? Uh, you got some road trips coming up. You got some early plans. You doing any kind of outings at the beginning of the season?
4: Oh man, I'm headed to uh, Philadelphia next week. I got a uh, Grilling McMillan uh, event uh, teamed up with Boston Scott Golf. It's an apparel company out of Philadelphia, so. I'll be doing a Grilla McMillan event with uh, bourbon, wine, and, and brew, so I'm excited about that. I'll be doing uh, a Camp 29 uh, event as well in Philadelphia uh, for kids, for our Lip uh, Foundation program that's going to help uh, you know inner-city kids as well as kids that's being bullied and harassed. So that program is, is looking pretty good. So things are things are looking good, man. I got my sauces and my rubs getting ready to come out. I'm going to tweet out a little bit of uh, just a, just a teaser – uh, you know, of my sauces and my rubs and my labels. But, you know, hopefully that'll be done uh, pretty quickly. Um, I got my own shirts out, the barbecue, bourbon, and barbells. Shirt that you can get on grillermcmillan.com as well. So things are good, man. I'm just ready for football season so we can just pull up a, a, a grill and put some meat on it and, and just have a good time and just, you know, know. Just enjoy it. Let's
2: get <laughs> back to tailgating. Uh, before we get you out of here, Mark McMillan is with us on co and Company. Give me, uh, give me a couple thoughts on, first of all, the Buccaneers.
4: Oh man, it's you know just coming out talking to Kevin Ross, who's the uh, defensive back coach. You know I talk to him at least, you know once every two weeks, and just seeing how they're doing. You know he's a he's a big brother to me, and just the camp, the the, the, the news just coming out of the camp is just everything's just positive. You know these guys are not sitting on their uh, on their rumps and just being okay with last year. Obviously, Tom Brady already said he wants another one. You know they brought everybody back. They got a lot of guys that people gave up on and didn't want. And, you know, they have a killer defense. And, you know, those guys fly around to the football. Uh, you know, you get Gronk back. And, you know, another piece people don't talk about who they lost last year is, you know, O.J. Howard, uh, the tight end out of Alabama. You know, he was hurt uh, last year. So he's going to add another element to this to the fold as well. So Tampa Bay, man, I, it's going to be real tough, uh, you know, down the road. But Kansas City had everybody coming back, too. So it's going to be pretty interesting.
2: How about the Packers now that Rodgers is back and is at least committed to this year?
4: Um, you know, discount double check, man. Whenever Rodgers is back there, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He was the MVP last year. Uh, he continues to break records. Uh, you know, the, everybody's excited in Packer land now. You know, but uh, he still holds those guys by the kahuna. You know, he mm. still he still holds the trump card. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the Packers are definitely going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, I'm looking for them to. Uh, do, do some good things as well. The Cowboys is another team to look out for. Really? They're, yeah, I, 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 I say it. You know, they, they, they drafted really well on the defensive side of the ball. If you can get a healthy Dak, uh, they can score points on anybody. And that division is still up to grabs. But I picked Washington to win the division because they showed a lot of improvement, especially with the guy Chase Young out of uh, Ohio State. He's a difference maker.
2: Mark, good spot, man. I know it
4: pains me to say the Cowboys. It pains me to say anything good about the Cowboys.
2: <laughs> I'm still worried about Dak, though. I got, I, got, I got to see him make it through the season, so I, I, have, I have some doubts on that one. Mark, we appreciate it,
4: dude. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, buddy.
2: There he is, Mark McMillan. Follow him up at uh, MarkMcMillan29, and he's got his Grilling McMillan uh, brand building and building and building. Uh, speaking of Grilling, we're going to get to the Fat Pack on the other side, I have found a new cooking show that is absolutely fantastic.
0: The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield & Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield & Co. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home
2: Loans.
5: All right, Fat Pack time.
2: Uh, First of all, update on the highly debated apple pie hot dog from our guy Guy Fieri from UNLV. And he's known for other stuff, too. It did well, didn't it? It did real well. It was a big hit at the game. No surprise. I mean, I've mean i warmed up to it. I I, I will, uh, if that is mass produced, I might be interested. I think it's bad
1: enough when you make it at the concession stand. Mass produced, it would be. Well,
2: you don't think it would be like a good frozen? It's like a Hot Pocket. <laughs> no chance. What are you talking about? It couldn't have been good anyway. I, I'm sure it was good. I, I couldn't have been. But even if it was. I don't, like, get, I don't get both of you with this the anti-freaking Americana.
1: Well, I don't like apple pie. To start with, oh, okay. So you, I mean, you throw a hot dog in the equation. I, I don't mind hot dogs, but I, I don't know. You can fix apple pie by throwing a hot
2: dog in. Probably not. Huh, figures on this show, especially <laughs> with Ari, apple pie, hot dogs, Guy Fieri, and America hates them all. Sure. Yeah. Most finicky eater we know. Uh, we know a couple. We know too many. Yeah, that's so many. We know too many. All right, so Fast Foodies is one of our favorite relatively new cooking show. I found another one. Actually, I didn't find it. The SO, the significant other did, and made me watch it. Wow.
0: Paris Hilton, finally sharing her culinary expertise and kitchen prowess, as you've never seen her before. That's hot. Literally so her kitchen is no simple life. This is cooking with paris
5: I love cooking.
2: So you're getting your feathers and everything. I'm a natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys watching at home, we did this wrong, so do it the opposite <laughs> way for this part. I'm
5: a girl. this I'm a girl. this I'm I'm not a
3: cook. <laughs> I'm a putty girl. I'm
2: going to teach it's interesting. God, I forgot the way she is because she really hasn't been in in the spotlight for a while. Just the the mumbling, just the weird speech pattern. Uh, She gets obviously they're doing it up. She's like doing poses all the time, and she's wearing just ridiculous outfits. Where she's wearing like studded gloves. I was watching one episode. She's in like this leather coat that's got these long frilly strings on it. She's it's going in the food. She's trying to make. Some kind of funfetti, like, flan cake. She's, it's, she's all in the dough, the, the batter. Is she self-deprecating about it at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I know Demi Lovato's on the show with her. Uh, Kim Kardashian's on there. Uh, apparently, she eats like an animal. Like, she just loves sweet, disgusting food, fast food. So, I guess Kardashian was like, how do you stay this thin? I'm like, okay, well, pills. Um... <laughs> Allegedly or allegedly or it's, guessed, uh, guessed. it's it's actually I gotta say as I was watching it, I'm like, I think she's absolutely more equipped to cook than you are. Like the, the cake she made came out pretty decent. Well, doesn't she have help from like celebrities? There's chefs? no help on camera and the celebrities do help a little bit, but she made the the cake she made she made before uh the guest came on. Um do you know this I don't I don't know how you say this. Is it Saweetie? Saweetie, yeah okay for the audience who doesn't know her all i i i didn't even realize this was her this is this is like a giant tiktok song uh
4: Tennessee
2: and it's talking about rich something and like eight inch pipe and my lips take a
3: little sip privacy on
2: the door i'm gonna make a
3: shirt rich had an eight figure that's my type
2: Rich. That's not the version I've heard. Rich hitter. Yeah, hitter. Rich hitter. Sure. Okay. Something else. Hitter. Right. And the eight-inch pipe. Sure. Yeah, she Rich. was on. She was on with Paris, and they made uh, I think some roasted salsa. They made shrimp tacos. So watching Paris Hilton try to well, you you hate you you're a nightmare with shrimp. You've already said that. You don't like the you don't like peeling the shrimp. No, I love shrimp. Yeah, but you don't like peeling it.
1: No, Sur- yeah, serve it.
2: But that Sowiedi eh, came on and just monster fake cans. I don't even know how they were staying in or whatever top she had on. It's
1: a, it, she's quite a quite a celebrity.
2: I, I will say. Do you know anything about her? She's actually. I was a looking up. She's a pretty good story. She actually went to San Diego State and USC. Yeah, smart yeah. lady.
1: Sure, I, she's huge in the Bay Area. They love her up there. She is from Northern California.
2: Um, the Santa
1: Clara. She stole uh, Paris. Stole this from Selena Gomez. Clearly,
2: yeah. You rave about the Selena Gomez the Selena show. show is awesome. Yeah, but this is, I, I think it's going to be totally different. You, you need to watch it a little bit. It's it's clearly it's it's all in jest. So it's it's supposed to be stupid. Yeah,
1: yeah and Selena Gomez one kind of is too. Like she she's like I'm the worst cook in the world. It's quarantine. Like I'm going to learn, so she has celebrity chef's teacher on Zoom how to cook things. Like try to take advantage of it. I I thought that show was good, but I also am a much bigger fan of Selena Gomez than Paris Hilton.
2: Will you so. give this Paris Hilton show at least one episode? No, come on. I'll watch the Selena episode. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, okay. She I'll, I'll check it out. And the Mexican food looked kind of solid. Take your word for it. I don't know. Some I I just got to, Paris Hilton that life man.
1: I gotta Ooh. finish finish the last two Love Is Blind episodes too. So that's that's my first goal.
2: Oh, you didn't catch up on the little mini. What's the, the, what's three, the first one. All right, you got to catch up, man. We got to talk about that. I know. I don't want to spoil it. It's been like ten days. You since have I to told watch you about you it. You have to watch Cocaine Cowboys. You told me it wasn't that good.
1: That was good. It just I expected like a, a thousand. It was like a nine hundred and fifty. Join the conversation
0: on Twitter at Cofield and Co. It's
2: Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting. All right, let's do it. Busy football night. First weekend of a uh, full slate of uh, preseason action. We just came out of the Field of Dreams game and uh, all the contests we got to talk about around town. Nick Bogdanovich is the boss over at William Hill. He gives a co of company a couple of minutes here on this Friday. Nick, how you doing, buddy?
5: I'm doing great, guys. What's happening?
2: A whole lot's happening. Uh, this one's a little offbeat, but uh, I saw the ratings on the Field of Dreams game was big. That doesn't mean that it's big at the book. Did you guys get any action on that White Sox-Yankees game?
5: Yeah, there was pretty good action on it. I, You know, maybe 10% more. I don't think people were running to the window just because it was a cool event. But, uh, yeah, there was a, probably a, about 10% more betting than usual on that game.
2: All right, so let's put it in perspective. Yankees-White Sox, you know, key game uh, late in the season in baseball as compared to, like, Jets-Carolina. You know, two two teams that are probably in the bottom five of the NFL. What's the handle difference between a baseball game and a preseason Jets Panthers game,
5: uh, that that baseball game uh, to a, to a preseason game, that baseball game will do. I don't know. I don't twenty times more. Really? Yeah. Was, I mean, the handle was pretty big for that game, but and Good. preseason's just not bet that well. I mean, look at these three games for tonight. You know. It's, I, I don't even care what the decision was. It's so small. Whereas <laughs> some baseball games, we got some pretty large decisions.
2: Okay, and it's mostly sharp's bet in the preseason, for the most part. I mean, if if there's a
5: game on the weekend and it's on TV and it involves the Raiders or the Cowboys or something, there'll be some extra action on it. But for the most part, people don't know who's playing. Uh, their games are really aren't on national TV, and they just don't care. So they they don't get ramped up till till week one.
2: Are there any, like, conclusions, especially, say, a quarterback battle that could actually change uh, the futures at all in the NFL? You know, if it's Locke and Bridgewater. uh, Is there anything that significant coming up this season that you're looking at the preseason and you're like, oh, we might get hit a lot on one side based on who wins this quarterback job?
5: No, because when you have two, you have none. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some good battles going on, and I I think that's good. I I think Denver's going to be better than people think. I I – I actually like Locke and Bridgewater, and if one of them plays pretty good, I think they can have a decent regular season, you know, to make them respectable. But uh, no, no, no battle that would ever vault uh, you know, anyone, and unless the Bears or the 49ers said, "Wow, Justin Fields just wowed us. Yep. We got to start him." Then you know we might tick the Niners or the Bears down a little if they just say, you know, he looks like the greatest
2: slice bread. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going, especially with what's uh, been heard about the Bears' camp. That you know Justin Fields has looked really good, and I just I wonder if he gets the starters' nod from the get-go. You're right, uh, you you may want to downgrade him a little bit, but I think betters because it's a you know it's a fresh name out there, maybe you know super inspired by it and actually want to bet the Bears a lot early.
5: Yeah, I mean it's possible. Just you know those are uh, extra talented
2: guys. It's just that year one in that league is so brutal on
5: the quarterback learning the defenses. I mean, the guys are just so much bigger and quicker and the defensive coordinators are so good. So, but they are, you know, special talents. You know, one of those two click, you definitely see, some, uh, odds drop a little.
2: Can you explain to the Vegas audience, we're talking to Dick Bogdanovich, who runs William Hill. The fact that you guys are now spread out, you know, in different places around the country, has that changed your number significantly, especially when you get, you know, in the case of the Broncos, you know, we've, we, we've heard, Hey, uh, you know, people are really geeked up in the state of Colorado or you know if you have regional betting on the Eagles the Giants or the Jets has it kind of changed things in terms of balancing out the numbers where you know now that you have more states betting it alters things
5: you know not at all we there is definitely there's one question regional betting uh, in Mississippi they pound the Saints right Rhode Island uh, the, they bet the Patriots like crazy Middies I mean the Midwest they bet the Chiefs in Iowa pretty good and so, so on and so forth. But we just look at it big picture. We're in 18 different states, and uh, we don't – if we get 20 times high on a team there, we may go up a half a point or something on them, but we will never move a uh, real – you know, a we'll point and half two off just to get some money back. We'll just have a big decision there.
2: Yeah, because I noticed I was shopping the Broncos win season uh, – win total number for the season, and you guys I think still have eight, and then there were other books that have eight and a half. So obviously if I want to go under – Uh, Eight and a half is a more attractive number over. Eight is the number. Nick Bogdanovich is with us. All right. Uh, Explain to the audience. um, We'll get to the college pick in a second, but the pro pick contest is back, so give us some details on that.
5: Yeah, no, that's just an old style, just pick the winner. Uh, It's for the small player. The guy who's not worried about spread just wants to pick the winner. $25. Uh, But the the draw here is if someone comes with an incredible percentage, they can win a million-dollar bonus. I'm not sure what the exact percentage is. I know it's 215 wins. I do not know what that translates into, but if you get to run a favorites this year, you never know. It's it's probably worth put a quarter chip out there for the contest.
2: And then the college pick 'em is up there with a lot of the big boy contests that are, you know, around the state of Nevada. Explain your college pick 'em.
5: Yeah, that's uh, we we've, we've had that one running for the last 3 or 4 years. It's a $1000 entry fee. You got to make 8 picks a week uh, for 10 weeks. Uh, and we're giving a, a guaranteed million away, so there'll probably be an overlay because uh, not, not a lot of people handicap college football like they do the NFL. So uh, you know we got to get to a thousand for break even. I don't think we get to a thousand. I think we'll get seven eight hundred range, but you never know. But I, I, it's great for the college guy. Listen, the, obviously the West and the circa battle pretty hard for the high end pro in, but we got a high end college contest, so hopefully people
2: gravitate toward that. Is is your first prize, is it $500,000 for that one? Yeah,
5: yeah. So there's money, big money to be made. And uh, like I said, I mean, there's plenty of college games each week to choose from, 35 or 40. All you got to do is come up with eight. Numbers move quite a bit. So it's, you know, a lot of strategy involving, should I play this game and move three points or hope it goes down and the other guys get a loss. So it's really a great contest. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we'll get uh, 1,000 people in it.
2: A college pick'em contest, uh, eight picks each week. You heard it. Uh, ten weeks of picks, and there's a five hundred thousand dollar first prize, a million dollars. And you know, uh, when you hear uh, guys like Nick say, "Hey, you know, we may have an overlay," that's good for the player, and that means you're not competing against you know five thousand people in a contest, and maybe you don't have to pick a <laughs> freaking seventy three percent. Before we get you out of here, Nick, I, I got to ask you just your general opinion on the Raiders, and I, I actually think tomorrow's a interesting gambling spot. If Derek Carr and Mariota don't play, we're looking at a Raiders side that's minus two and a half against seattle mm, maybe seattle's the play here.
5: it's possible uh you know group's got a pretty good track in the preseason but obviously a lot of it comes down to quarterback play and you know the intent on the coach how badly he wants to win the game but uh yeah i, I personally think the Raiders are going to have a good season this year i really do uh i think they'll make the playoffs that's, i don't know if that's me wishful thinking i just think Carr's pretty good uh, defense has improved, and I think uh, you know. I, I think they're really going to come together this year. So, uh, hopefully, they'll have some golden night luck and uh, make the playoffs.
2: Where are you guys right now on that opener Monday Night Football? We've got Lamar Jackson having issues with COVID and you know delayed start to really getting into camp. Rashad Bateman, their big wide receiver uh, draft pick, uh, he he could miss. The game. I, I thought that number when it first came out, when it jetted up at some places, was kind of crazy. Uh, I give the Raiders a good shot in that game.
5: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, what a great opening Thursday and a close with a great Monday night game, Ravens here in Vegas. We, we, we've been all over the place. We've been as high as six, low as four, uh, but really good action on the game so far. So, you know, it's still being a month away. But, yeah, no, I think the Raiders are alive in that game.
2: Awesome. Nick, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, have a great week. There he is, Nick Bogdanovich running William Hill. I think he's back in the 6 o'clock hour as uh, the William Hill radio show is up right after us, and uh, John Von Tobel is in. But, uh, yeah, get into the – especially the college pick'em contest. That's crazy. A million-dollar pool, $500,000 to the uh, winner of the whole thing. It's 1000 bucks to get in. You know, most of the big contests now, there's there's at least one that's 5000 but Most of them are about 1000 or 1500 And what you want is you want to find those contests that may not be overrun By big numbers, because obviously the more people are in, uh, the better chances are going to get some, you know, wild outcomes where people are picking at, you know, 69, 70, 71 percent. And the William Hill contest sounds absolutely outstanding with uh, eight college picks each and every week.
0: The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.